Hello and welcome to the Hearsay Podcast, episode 30. 30 episodes. Oh my gosh. Um, am I getting any better at this? Who knows? I hope I am. Um, I'm happy though to receive any feedback if you want to write to me. You can reach out on Facebook on the Hearsay page or on SoundCloud or wherever you can find me. It's always so nice to hear from you. Uh, If you can be bothered, rate and subscribe on iTunes. I just looked at some podcast stats the other day. It's so interesting to see where you are all listening from and how many of you are subscribers and little facts like that. Uh, Also, when you tune out, um, I love it. Um, Can't wait to see more stats. My guest today is my dear friend, Patience from The Greats. Um, Patience is so, so busy. Her and her husband, John, obviously have the band. They run the cafe and the bar and they have two babies. And I'm so grateful she made the time to do this podcast. And her kids were goddamn angels throughout and slept like little legends the whole way through. Uh, Pay's hilarious and gross strange show story was illustrated by Sam McKenzie. You can see more of his amazing work on Instagram at oh no Sam or on his website samsamsamsam.com, not to be mistaken with samsamsam.com, which I went to earlier. Four Sams. Sam, 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 Sam. Um, uh, you can, of course, see all of these illustrations for the podcast on Instagram at Hearsay Podcast or on the Hearsay Facebook page. Cool. Enjoy Hearsay number 30, Patience Hodgson. so excited that we're finally doing this. I'm really excited and I really want to say thank you so much for coming to my house and to um, the listener. I'm sorry that, um, you know, say is in my house now, we're not oh, in her house. I love your house. And But the fidgeting, we'll try not to fidget with the microphones because we've got a different microphone situation happening. Yep. Um, because I'm, you travelled, thank I you travelled so and forgot my mic stands. Yeah. True professional. They're big. <laughs> Just so big I too. I know, they're cumbersome. They are. You know, when I first started this podcast, my first thought was, I think my first episode should be with patience because you only have to ask her one question and she'll talk for an hour. Stop it. (laughs) And I thought that would be a really easy podcast and it would be a really good like ease into the whole thing. Who was your first? Kwan was my first. Oh, well, there we go. It was all right. It was really awkward. And to be honest, I... I'm still learning how to do it. Like I, the first one was particularly awkward. <laughs> well, I, I think that you've got a natural flair for it. I always think that you have such a radio voice and especially your introductions. I think they're amazing. <laughs> do you do introductions to your podcast no. or it's just you and Mel? No, it's just me and Mel. Yeah. yeah. But I love, I love a solo person podcast. This is what like, so John's recently started to get into this guy called Oh, Ash Williams. Oh, I don't know. So Ash Williams. So you've got it. He's in the Tony Martin world. Okay. He's in the Tony Martin world. He's like this young guy. He's a model Ooh. slash actor. Very interesting. Like total fuck up. And he's got his own podcast now called like the Ash Williams podcast. Oh, I'm going to check and it out. John's really into it because it do, he does it by himself. Oh, great. And it's just him talking into the microphone. Oh, wow. That's so challenging. And Tony Martin is doing a just 
I think, if I can remember correctly, I think Tony Martin's just about to come out with one as well, or he just has, where he just talks into the microphone. What they what they talk about? Just like all sorts of stuff. I would I find that really difficult. Yeah, yeah. It's and well, I think John said to me, uh, like John was just sort of amazed that they would do it and that he's never listened to like to podcasts with that kind of style. And then but it made me think of the beginning of Mark Maron. It made me think yeah. of the beginning of your podcast. But I'm very familiar with that style of podcasting because of being the birthing lady. Yes. Because that's what I listen to just like so many hours of birth podcasts <laughs> where it's just like a midwife or a doula just explaining stuff and talking about stuff. I feel like you could do that for people. I'm I've, yeah. I've heard you talk <laughs> about childbirth a lot. Yeah, I would like to at some stage. <laughs> Maybe it's a new new direction. It was like <laughs> for yeah, the minute. Really look deep into Mel it. Mel would be so uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I don't think Mel would be into it. <laughs> no, but she would hate she, it. She'd just be like, "This is so boring. It's not even funny, patients." <laughs> what you just like learn heaps about birth and then you did it? Great. Yeah, great. Like, where's the funny stuff? Like, did you shit? Yeah, did you? And I'm like, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I like. I remember thinking maybe a tiny shit's coming out of me, or that could be, like, it could have been fart. I don't know. Could have been a baby. You don't know. No. Well, I knew the baby bit was when the baby was coming out, but the but the shitting bit, I just never checked afterwards. Yeah. But they, I, they could have been. Yeah. But I, I don't even deal. know what sort of ter- like in my brain when I thought there was a little bit of poo coming out. I thought, oh, it's just going to be like little tiny pebbles. Sure. It's going to be these like little, I don't know, I never looked. Yeah, I don't think it's important to know. Once you have a baby in your arms, you probably yeah. don't care about yeah. that stuff. But I remember at the time it was happening being <laughs> in, you know, heaps of pain, but also having a little part of my brain that was like, is that little poos coming out? <laughs> I hope it's not a poo. Like, I'm just not sure. <laughs> is that little poos coming out? Or is that just like a little pop-off? I don't, re- I don't know. But... <laughs> Lucky I'm lucky I'm having a baby. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. I remember a friend telling me that his wife did a little poo when she yeah. gave birth and he didn't really know that that would happen, <laughs> like that that could happen. <laughs> and he was like, whoa, whoa. All right. I didn't, I didn't know you're going to be having two babies tonight. <laughs> I'm only taking one of those home. Definitely leaving that one here. Glad we had it in the hospital because we don't have to clean that up. This is a really good start to our podcast. Yes. So <laughs> I'd like to talk about music a little bit as well as doing poos in your birthing yep. pool. Um, I have so many poo stories tonight. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> like I really do. But I love continue. poo stories. So yeah. we, maybe we can get back into them later. Yeah. No, I, oh, it's going to happen later. Okay, I know. cool. All right. Um, so... Yeah, I guess the first thing, we've known each other a really long time, which is lovely. And I remember my first impression of you because I went to see The Greats when you were playing to, you're already The Greats, but you were playing to like 20 people in some corner of a little place without a stage. East Brisbane Bowls Club. Yeah, and you're wearing pyjamas. Yeah. Um, It was so cute. And I remember being immediately enamoured by the energy that you all had. <clears throat> and that was like a real, um, a real beautiful innocence and um, and power 
Do you remember? I feel like there was too. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely... We were so cocky in the beginning and so naive and innocent. It was so great. I think that's what... what, Good age. That was the beginning of everything. Yeah. Everyone was excited. I remember everyone going, have you seen that Ben the Greats? Have you seen that Ben the Greats? Oh, that's... That's nice. It was pretty cool. (laughs) I I remember feeling really like so cocky that we were so shit. And it yeah, mostly like because everyone. Alana was, a, you know, Alana played drums in lots yeah. of bands and she played in lots of legitimate bands. Right. And I remember also, but I remember being like, nah, you're going to play drums for us. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to go places that your other legit bands aren't going to go. <laughs> like they're so legit. She yeah. was so in the Brisbane music scene and was I was she? such. I didn't know that. Yeah. She used to play in like a band called Holster and she played in. A bunch of other bands and I don't know, like she used to book shows, like John and her used to book shows, but Alana was really into booking shows. Right. She used to do stuff with like, I don't know, I just hear like even when she was out just a few weeks ago, she was talking about Jimmy Critzler. Yeah. You know, which I was like, damn, I haven't thought about him for a really long time. Yeah, such a Brisbane music staple. She knew everybody like, you know, in the like 2000s in the Brisbane music scene. Like yeah, I really right. feel like she was, she was like, she loved it. She was like going to uni. She was doing Brisbane music stuff and yeah, was really into it. And so was she like the sort of a driving force of booking gigs for you guys then? No, I think John was like the driving force of booking like gigs for the greats. I don't really think, I think Alana liked being in the band with us in the beginning, but I don't really think she even was like this will go anywhere or do anything because yeah. it's not legit. <laughs> like it's just like John playing guitar and, you know, he's left-handed playing a right-hand guitar and there's patience and she doesn't even know what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> like I don't think I don't think she really took it seriously but John and I were like, we're going to do this. And I remember being at one stage, I was like, if we're not on the front cover of Rolling Stone in like, uh, honestly, I think I could have even said one year. Oh, that's I was like, so great. I'm giving up music. <laughs> <laughs> like, and how long did it take? Uh, that was, it, we, it happened. I know, I've yeah, got I it. Know, I know, I know. I remember being really excited and, and I, I bought it. I can't believe that it was like, it, it was such a weird, like, uh, it was so good. I think somebody dropped out. Didn't they like airbrush the shit out of your face or something? Yeah, I just look like, a, I look like, um, like, I look fucking crazy on it. <laughs> and like, Missy Higgins looks amazing. <laughs> Like so she, so she annoying. just always, I know. Missy she Higgins, always looks amazing. I just have like this, like Missy Higgins just kills me, a part of me, because she's so good sometimes. Yeah. Like I can't even cope <laughs> because I, because we like, she just has done so well and she's such a beautiful person. And then we got pregnant at the same time oh, and yeah. we've like had babies at the same times. Yeah. But I feel like there's been so many bits in my life where I've been, it's been like, similar like we played south by southwest at the same time like same first year for her and first year for me and you know and, and like you know the aussie barbecue and stuff like that and we did there's so many times where i've my path has crossed with missy higgins yeah, path. you've had parallel yeah i've had these parallel moments yeah. but hers has hers have always just been 
you know, like nine times platinum albums and (laughs) just like incredible. Like I got to cross paths with her going on the front cover of Rolling Stone and she looks, she's like holding on to John Butler and I look like I've got blue black eyeshadow and my hair's curled and I just look That's right. fucked. Like I no, look horrible. No, you don't look fu- You looked awesome no, I'm just but like, you looked airbrushed. And my face, but my face is like a <laughs> colour that it just isn't normally. Like, and were you wearing like little pictures of John and Alana? No. Maybe that was another no, that photo was, they were written on my hand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that That's was a so different cute. one. Yeah. I am, um, yeah, but Missy Higgins like, yeah, she just always looks, she's just like such, she's just so gorgeous. She is. And... Yeah so good at singing and playing guitar and doing everything that I'm always just like, God, Miss Higgins, why are you so good? <laughs> why? You're pretty just good like though. like so cute you though at the same time. Like look, I remember. Don't, I don't think you need to underestimate yourself here. Well, you are also very cute and very oh, talented. Well, I heard one time about Missy Higgins like running between like bushes. Like she went at a hotel one night like they that her after their band, whatever, after a gig – and they, they went like all down to the pool and were swimming in the pool. It was after hours. And then I imagine her um, like r- rushing back, trying to get back without getting in trouble from the hotel. And she was running between bushes. Because we used to have like the same sound engineer briefly. Yeah, yeah. And that he said that he caught, like he saw her running between bushes to get back to <laughs> the inside of the hotel. And he was like, it was like she was as cute as an actual rabbit. Oh. And I imagine... Yeah, I imagine... Her being that cute. A, that's a yeah. real cuteness. Yeah. And I can't remember what the question was. So, great job that you asked me to be your first <laughs> interview person ever. It would have been good. I think it would have been really good. Yeah. But I think at the time you had just had soda. Yeah, I think I must have. And it, yeah. you, your world was insanely busy and crazy. Yeah. Meanwhile, now you have two babies. Now I have two. And, and they're both asleep. And we're talking slightly softly because they're asleep next yeah. door. Um, Which is amazing. Yeah. Which is just insane that I get that this can even happen. Isn't this it? This would never have happened. Oh, it might have happened with soda, but yeah, she used to just wake up heaps. But anyways, tell me, ask me another <laughs> music question. <laughs> Wait, I, but I just, I know I've told you, but I want to tell, you know, I want to tell everybody else. When I first saw you oh, yeah. was when you were on the train one day in your Mega Mart. Oh yeah, when I worked uniform. for Mega Mart. Yeah, and I was like <laughs> sitting there and I was just like, oh my God, that's Saya from Second In. That's the girl from Second In. And we like... Look at her looking look like at a her. loser. No, no, I was like, oh my God, say something. Just say hi. You should just say, just talk to her. Just like have a chat. And then I remember just sitting there, just watching you in your uniform. And then you were like, I swear, I don't even know. You probably were not texting because I just don't even – I don't even know if any of us were texting back yeah, in those days. Yeah, probably before In that. my brain, I've superimposed you texting because that's what everyone does now. It's like, what are they doing on the train? Texting. I was probably holding a Walkman. <laughs> yeah, you probably had a walk. I don't know. Oh, you might have or been even reading man. a book or you might have just been sitting there. Yeah. But I remember being like, oh, my God, this is – just just ask her how she's going. Like, just – That's the girl from second end. And then – I just don't feel like I did anything and I did nothing. I'm pretty sure that was it. And then you just got off the train and I was like, oh. oh. But that was it. I celeb spotted you. Funny. <laughs> I celeb spotted you first. But then I, so when we finally became friends, I feel like we were really fast friends. Yeah. I don't like from zero to, zero to everything. Zero to hero. Zero to heroes. But something I really did want to talk to you about because I know, I mean, we have so many things in common but one of the things that we always bonded about apart from both being 
stressy ladies is uh, <laughs> we both went out with people in our bands and we both That's kept true. it a secret for a long time. That's true. Kept and a secret for ages. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that because I think we had pretty similar experiences with it and, yeah. and it was very stressful at the time. Can you talk me through when you first got together with John? Because I know yeah. you, you liked him for a long time before yeah. that and then um, when it finally happened... Did you panic about telling the third member of your band? For sure. I panicked so hard. So did I. Yeah, I panicked heaps. I, um, we had really similar experiences yeah. with this. So our experience was basically going out with someone you, you were already in a band with for a long time. Falling in love with someone, shouldn't fall in love so with. Dun, dun. <laughs> and then uh, having to tell the other person. We were yeah. both in three pieces, yeah. no bass. We didn't have to tell. Like, Alana just found out. Oh, yeah. So, we started... I remember what happened is one night we were in LA and I remember John put his, like, hand on my knee under the table and I was like, oh. I was like, oh, my God. And that was it. I was like, oh, my God. And I remember started feeling really woozy. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't even know what to do now. <laughs> like, I'm not even... Like, this is... Like, I was like, this is serious. Yeah. Like, this is real. If you reciprocate any kind of affection to John right now, this is it. Yeah. Like you you could be as good as married. <laughs> like it's a yeah. really big deal and you've really wanted this to happen for a long time. Yeah. Now it's happening. How you do you feel panic, about it, me? Panic town. Jeez, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm now I'm stressing out. Yeah. And um <laughs> but then I and then yeah, we just like that was it. So, but we were all sharing rooms. So, and, but did you we had just to like secretly touch each other? Yeah, I, I, don't, I think I, I oh, know I definitely reciprocated. I found a way to touch his knee under the table to make that was it. So we were both like holding each other's knees. So oh my god! <laughs> and then we had to like wait till Lana had showers so we could like kiss and hug oh. each other. And it was just like weird, or like go for walks. Yeah, and um. Just really need to talk about the arrangement yeah, of this song. Yeah, just need to do Smooch. it outside. You, you're really tired, I understand. So <laughs> that's fine. We're just going to scoot out here for a bit. Um, <laughs> and that, then I remember we were in LA. I um, No, we were in – it happened in Los Angeles when he put his hand under the table. And then in New York City, we were walking. We went, like, out walking. And I think – jeez, I can't even remember. Did Alana have a boyfriend called Ed Jerk in the third at the time? <laughs> She might have had this boyfriend called Edric in the third. It was what? around, I don't know. <laughs> he's a really, he's six foot eight. Oh, yeah, I remember that, that guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to piece it all together. John and I were walking around and then our publicist saw us holding hands Ooh. crossing the street. Controversial. And she was just like, what the did she post there. it on the internet? No, she just called the hotel. Oh, my God. Spoke to Alana and was like, how long have Patience and John been going out for? And she was like, what? They're not going out. Oh and no. she's like, I just saw him holding hands, <gasps> crossing the street. And then we get home and then Alana's like, what is happening? Oh, no. And then we were like, oh, no. And she's like, you've lied. And we were oh like, yeah, God. we did. Oh. And then it went really bad. And then she was like, we're having a meeting at Applebee's tomorrow. Applebee's? Applebee's. <laughs> In Times Square. So dramatic. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. And then we went to Applebee's and had this meeting. And then I remember our manager and our publicist were there and they're like, okay, so what are you in love now? Whoa. And then and then I was like, oh, my God. Uh, 
and you had to. I don't know. And then John was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. And I was like, uh, 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 this is just like too much. I remember like trying it, like if there's any way I could get closer, like if I could be any further in, they had like, we're in a booth and it had like plush seating and yeah. I was up against like this like divider and I was like, if I can squeeze into the divider <laughs> and the, like, I just needed to make myself smaller. If I could just crawl into if this couch. If I could go inside it, <laughs> I might be able to do it. Just keep squeezing down. Like that was, I was just trying to become part of the furniture. And so you had to like already decide if you're in love. Well, I know. I was just like, oh my God. God. And then, so it was really weird. And then, and then it was like kind of okay. Um, Like I don't, I just remember being really stressed out afterwards, but just doing the job and just being like in a band and it being okay. Yeah. But then I remember... I think it was like felt like a fair bit of pressure and we ended up breaking up when we were recording our first album and so we uh, uh, no but Alana was really cut I am I I am like minimizing how pissed off she was she was super cut Mm. but I do need to give her props that I think now I look back and I think she probably handled it pretty well yeah I think she handled it to the best of her ability at the time yeah and I think Mirko did as well. Yeah. And, you know, my situation was also shit and we had to decide whether or not we were going to be a band still. Yeah. And that's always a weird decision. Yeah. Um, and we decided we could make it work. Yes. And, you know, and we did and it was yeah. fine. But it took a long time and it's, it's just complicated. Yeah. And there's so many good and bad things about being in a band with your partner. Yeah. Pros and cons. Pros. Well, pros is that you're always hanging out with them. Yeah. In different countries. Cons, like you're always hanging out with cons. them. Cons, you're always hanging out with them. <laughs> and a third person. <laughs> pros. Pros. You experience everything together. Yes. You don't need to explain anything to them. Total pro. Con cons. is that. Um, Band fights are personal fights. Yeah. That's the. Yeah. And that, like, and song fights can be personal fights too. Yeah. If, like, mm-hmm. you're. Yeah. Pro, uh, you can save money on beds. Yes, that is a pro. And then the con is that sometimes you've got to be like just in a car with them for a really, really long time. Yeah, cabin fever. Cabin fever stuff. Yeah. But then that's probably a pro too because, you know, that probably gives your band like more legs that you get to be, that you're in the car with them for that long because maybe if it wasn't them, it would be even worse. Yeah, I think it would be. Like it could be know. even worse with somebody else. <laughs> like, I, I find it really funny like because when, you know, I'd only ever played in Sekiden and then when I joined Regurgitator, it was such – they're still a very family-orientated yeah. band um, and they're all really close but not as close as actual family. Yeah. So when I first started going on tour, I w- you know, I'd notice little things like – in Sekiden, we'd always wait for each other at the baggage claim yes. or like when you go yes. through customs. I totally agree. don't do that. They all that go it, their separate ways. That it freaks me out and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. And it's just normal to them though. Uh, yeah, I know. It's so weird. And I was but like, we, where is everyone? I know. I'm like, we are a unit. Yeah. 
when we do stuff, like when the greats do stuff, it's like we all do it together. That's right. And that's we how we roll. We all check our bags We all together. check our bags together. We all go to the lounge together. If yeah. we've got lounge passes, we all go to the gate together. That's right. We all go, like we do everything together. Yeah. That's how we do everything. And then, no, there was other times in my life where we got like a new, like a new tour manager and he just didn't give a shit. Yeah, and he right. was go to the and like I remember almost missing a plane and I was like, why didn't anyone get me? <laughs> like I was like yeah. devastated. But here's the funniest part is that he's also the tour manager that like Craig Nichols had when Craig Nichols had that massive plane oh, right. meltdown. Oh yeah. When Craig had that, he had a huge plane meltdown. I think he like sp- maybe spat on an air hostess or he didn't. I, maybe I don't he did. remember. And then he got kicked off the plane. It was this like full on thing and. Mm. And then this guy's like, I'm never working with him again and sort of gave Craig this really bad name. Did or he like, go I feel straight like, from the vines to the greats? Yeah. I think it was like maybe not directly but it was really close. Yeah. And and then I remember it was like the first flight we did when we were leaving Sydney and I had to do some – had to do an interview on the computer. So I'd gone off to like plug it in and, I, and like I almost missed the plane. Oh, no. Because – but his like the dudes just left. They all like just kind of. But then when I spoke to them about it, they were like, both John and Alana were like, I don't know. It was really weird. It was like he just left, and then we couldn't find you, and then Alana <laughs> was gone, and then I was still couldn't find you, and then so it just went crazy. Yeah, and I was irate. Yeah, and then I felt like that's not ideal tour manager behavior. No, but I remember being like, this is why Craig Nichols flipped out. <laughs> Okay, I think he has even a more tender like mentality than what I do, yeah. and I'm almost losing my shit. Yeah, I can, and I really <laughs> felt a lot of empathy towards Craig Nichols in that moment. Yeah, and I had a lot of blame for this tour manager. Yeah, like I was like, you did it to him, <laughs> you screwed him over. Yeah, like, and so we toured with this guy, like we did a tour in. America and New Zealand and Australia with him and we kind of worked it out but I I remember so many times being like on tour the more I toured with him the more I was like you are not the right fit for Craig Nichols yeah I hope Craig has a different dude now because I really think that Craig Nichols would need more a much tender touch well, yeah you need to, and looking after because yeah. that's what I wanted sensitive people need looking after yeah they do you know and I'm sure that he's like a highly sensitive guy so yeah. he's like I think he needs someone that's going to be like we're a unit we're all checking in together yeah. we're all getting on the plane together my favorite type of touring is where <laughs> I it's know, just like I, act the same it's a real adjustment to, to yeah. go from doing that to not doing that yeah and I think I actually forced some of the dudes from regurgitated it wait to like just wait for me just and wa- do it with me i don't understand <laughs> why the rush what are you doing now can why? i come i want to use that i don't want to be by myself and alone and crazy like we got, we're on tour yeah it's what we do it's, it's like a slumber party together all day it's a slumber day slumber night <laughs> all the way yeah. for six months so needy we just that's what we do. We become the human centipede. That's right. That's what I'm going to eat with you. You're we're going to eat dinner eat together. Yeah, it's, it's going to be going to, I'm going to eat a meal. I'm going to give it to you. This is, we order once. We order once. We the shit once. Oh, it's man. very efficient. I just imagined an actual human centipede with regret. <laughs> yeah. I've never That's seen that movie. Cool. I will never watch that movie. No, film. I'll never watch that movie. No, I will never watch it. But I mean, good on them for making a movie that will be referenced yeah. for the rest of my life. I'm never going to watch it, but I mean, it's had impact. It's had Definitely. a bigger. I think it's had a bigger 
cultural impact than it a pop impact than it ever could have. Yeah, it's interesting. Then, I think then it's, views. It's probably just someone sat down and went, "What is the f- most fucked up image yeah. I can possibly draw?" Yeah, and then they drew it and made a film out of it. Yeah, I've also never seen that two girls one cup thing. I've never seen that either, and I I actually couldn't stop thinking about it the whole time you were talking. I was like, I'm going to have to say that right next. Weird. That's the next thing that I'm going to say. That's why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know, it must have been, were they even close in time? I don't Probably know. Not. They're both just the grossest They're shit you can so think gross. of. so gross. Yeah, totally. So Back gross. to shit. Um, what kind of music were you <laughs> listening to as a kid? Um, so I actually, I just got reminded of this today. Um, so I remember... And I'm going to say pretty much the exact same thing. But so I was by via like osmosis, I guess you would say, um, hearing like Nirvana and Run DMC and Pearl Jam and, you know, but my sister was like a real bad girl. So I was not my older sister. So I was not listening to that like out of my tape player. It was not what I would do because I'm a good kid well, so i would be listening to? to like the reality bites soundtrack oh, like yeah. that lisa that's Loeb. Got, like evan lisa Dando Loeb. on it doesn't yeah, it? yeah it's pretty good i didn't know how good it was at the time yeah. to be honest i really did just like lisa Loeb, and i listened to a lot of like just good time pops it <laughs> celebrate oh, yeah. good time you know like <laughs> i listened i listened to a lot of pop music when i was playing barbies and then John and Alana, when I got when when I finally met them, met them, used to make me cool mixtapes that had Pearl Jam, yeah, right, on it and other things. Did you make mixtapes back? I don't know if I made mixtapes back. To be honest, I just don't think I knew I could. I knew I couldn't compete. Do you like remember having a favorite it. like side A track one? There was like that. Um, there was like that, that Pearl Jam song that goes for ages, and it had see, and it has like <laughs> a cartoon clip. Evolution, know. baby. Oh, yeah. I, I was never a Bell Jam fan. Uh, I just really liked that one yeah. song. And I remember Evolution, I was like, that's the best song. Yeah. I was crazy about that one song. And that was like, that was the song off, off whatever mix it was on. That was the jam that I was like, this is the best. This is the best song. Um, but before that, it was just Hanson. I just spent like grade eight and grade, oh, not grade eight, grade nine, grade ten. Yeah. Grade nine, grade ten, full on Hanson years. Who was your favourite? A Taylor, of course. Yeah. I mean sexy. You could sexy lady sexy boy. Sexy lady boy. I mean he was so not intimidating. Isaac yeah. obviously way too old, actually like a little bit like a man, so I did not want anything to do with him. Yeah. Um and then Zach, whew, just, just a like, bit young. Just a just a, now <laughs> was it ever weird to you that there was Isaac, Zach? And yeah. Taylor, when you were a child, because it definitely wasn't weird to me when I was like a It wasn't like weird to me. I've just realised that then. It's now that I'm an adult, I'm like, that's what? Yeah, that's like that's Isaac, Zach, Taylor. Like I, I think it's weird now. I was listening to um, Song Exploder today, the Arcade Fire one, and I'm pretty sure that Win Win's brother is Will. Oh yeah, like. That That's seems weird, weird too. too. That's weird as well, yeah. Anyways. That yeah, that so is. you were listening to a lot of Hanson. So much. <laughs> like I had folders. But it's also, it was. I was listening to Hanson. You had folders. So, okay, I wasn't listening to Hanson a lot. I was competitively listening to Hanson. Wow. So I was listening to them in a competitive style. I needed to have listened to the most songs. The uh, most amount of time. Know the most lyrics. Mm. Have the most 
like I was just had to have the most handsome CDs. Like I had to get every single like I need. I wanted to have the most discs that anyone had. I need to have the most cutouts. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was really competitive. So my friend would even <laughs> steal like I never did this, but she would steal magazines. She had an edge on me because she could steal. Yeah, she was competent mm-hmm. and fine with stealing. She was not worried. She did get she got caught out stealing once. Ha <laughs> ha. I had a I had exactly the same experience. My friend was really obsessed with Dave Duchovny. Yep. And she, her, and I had folders. I had Christian Slater. Wow. I was obsessed with Christian yeah, Slater. Yeah. She was obsessed with Dave Duchovny wow. and we would um we would t- get all the pictures. Yeah. And yeah, we would like steal them sometimes yeah. or just rip a page in the newsagent out yeah. of the magazine and then run out. That's the greatest. <laughs> what was our error? Like, I know. Do kids even do that now? Nah. They have the internet. Yeah. We didn't have anything. That was the only way we could see we a picture like, of them. We were like, I need to take it home with me. Yeah. I can't just access it on my phone or on my yeah. computer. I need this 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 is a picture of him that I haven't seen used. I yeah. have to have it to my collection. Yep. Like I need it in my collection. Yeah. I want to see him from every angle. <laughs> so I want weird. every new picture. Yeah. That was it. Like sometimes I feel like it was less like I would still cut I'd still clip it if it was like at like the same press picture. Oh yeah. But really, I mean you were winning if you open up a magazine and you saw a photo that you're like I don't have that one. Yeah. What's he doing there? I want that one. Yeah. Yeah, this is a new show. So weird. Yeah. I just cannot imagine what it would be like being a child now. John has a folder that he's got. Really? It Who's is in l- it? It's Lois and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the bookshelf. So he gets to keep his Lois and Clark in the bookshelf and my Hanson folder is still downstairs. You still house. have it? Uh, I think I do. Like I, like, I can't see any reason why I don't have it. But I... And I I didn't chuck it. Uh, I don't think I chucked it out. <laughs> now I'm starting to have actual thoughts where I'm like, no, actually, I kind of do remember chucking it out. <laughs> but I hope Might I Might have didn't. been a dream. Yeah, I'm not sure. There's a lot of things that I forget, Saya. <laughs> Which is why it's really valuable that you've caught me at this time of my life and that yeah. we're doing this. Yeah, do you so think I you're going to keep forgetting? I, it's, a, it's a continual fear and... <laughs> I actually Hopefully not a reality. I've got um, pay written on my hand. Yeah, because you didn't want to forget. Because write. I didn't want to forget tonight. That's well, the only way I remember is if I write it <laughs> on myself good. or in my phone. We were talking about this actually the other day, me and a few people, and one of them said that they have often fantasized about getting a post-it note tattooed on their hand. Yeah. With a few dot points. Perfect. And then they just like then they just, just roll that because they love handwriting yeah. reminders. So I have That's a great written idea. out a calendar. I write out a weekly calendar like every week and physically um, like physically on a bit of great white paper. Yeah. And I did not put this in. Oh, but for you didn't tonight. forget. But that was the thing. I didn't forget. It was almost like because I didn't put it in the calendar, I was extra anxious. Yeah. So I remembered even more. That's cool because you quite often forget when I'm I coming around. I forget so many things. <laughs> and then I just turn up and... God, <laughs> I forget all sorts of stuff. Like I have playdates that I just forget. Yeah. So this calendar thing's recent. Yeah, right. This is like being one month. And it's I'm one month to, Yes. That I often, I can't even find blue tacks. So I have to sticky tape <laughs> it to the wall. Just sticky tape it up there and hope that it doesn't rip the paint do you, off. Do you ever misplace your calendar? No, 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 no. no. It's, it's stuck it's up there. there. It okay. has to be affixed. Good one. Yeah. Um, hey, back to music stuff. 
Yes. Did you ever want to learn an instrument? I always wanted to learn an instrument and I like tried learning guitar several times and just never stuck with it. So I like so I I did I wrote the very basic start of like dun 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 see John changed it to dun 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 to feels like pain. He sort of made it a little bit cooler, but I wrote that on guitar and that bit of melody and then we turned into something else. Um, most of Rock Boys and uh, that's – and supposedly there's like uh, – I think there's that um, I I Am, So I Am as yeah. well, which is – so these are these – are, although I can't really remember that properly, but supposedly that was it with John. Yeah. He was like, no, you did that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I go, well, okay, sure. I'll take it. You've but done the rest. Have you <laughs> always thought about your voice as an instrument then? Because uh, I remember you saying like when you first started, when you first got signed, um, you started going to get singing lessons. Yeah. Um, I got, um, I remember I, I started getting singing lessons from this lady. I used to just lose it all the time. Really needed to learn how to not lose it. Yeah. And... I went and got these singing lessons off this lady in Milton and it was crazy. Why was it crazy? She would often be wearing a, like a leotard. Wow. And <laughs> I remember one time she was like maybe like she would wear like she was wearing like a leotard and a pair of like tiniest like shorts. And then I remember her trying to show me something about like diaphragm stretches and she was leaning backwards over an exercise ball Wow! and I remember just standing there and there was like some other guy in the room as well and I was just like that's just yeah I just can see you just just your vagina like, that's just <laughs> like that is. was all that was facing us and we were being really professional we were like oh okay yeah good for stretching your diaphragm wow yeah. How interesting. She's like, yeah, let's roll back. Get on your back and roll. And I remember just being like, I can't come to you anymore. Yeah. I cannot come to any more singing lessons. <laughs> Once I've seen your vagina, that's yeah. it. And there was sometimes where she would have like, she'd just be doing like a combination of singing lessons and like um, two other instrument lessons at the same time. And I was like, I hate this and yeah. I hate you and I'm not coming back. But do you feel like you learnt Nothing her? there. And okay. then I went to this <laughs> other lady um, called Lane Loxley or something. I can't remember. She was sort of pretty good. I don't remember really learning that much from her except for she called me a happy belter. She oh. was like, you belt. You do belt. You just belt it out and, and you're also really happy about it. <laughs> you're a very happy belter. And that she was just like, she just gave me uh, insight into imagining where your voice is leaving your your, your mouth and like yeah. where it's being produced. That was the biggest thing that I learned of her is that she was like, don't, your voice doesn't come from your throat. It comes from the very edge of your lips. Yeah, right. It comes from your lips. That's yeah. where the sound comes out of. And that's where you need to visualize your sound coming out of. And it's going to help you not lose your voice. So remember I did like, um, I think I, I only did, like she did it in half a dozen sessions. Like I just bought six sessions with her and then I didn't do it for ages. And then I went back and did another six sessions with her another time. And, but even after just doing 12 things with her, I still feel like that's pretty much the only thing I can remember. And that she gave me a vocal warm up CD. Yeah. And I did that. Yeah. And that's really what I gained from her. And then one time I lost my voice in 
like in the UK, Chris Martin from Coldplay, I went to his vocal teacher on two occasions. Wow. Did I learn anything from her? I can't remember anything. (laughs) Nothing. I don't really feel like I learned anything except for that she like showed me where my diaphragm was a bit again. Did she show you her vagina? Yeah, she didn't show me her (laughs) vagina, which was, you know, I guess I didn't get my money's worth. (laughs) And I didn't see Chris Martin, so that was a bummer too. But that's, yeah, that's who he would see. So that's, That's I remember that's who we got recommended. And then I went and then she, I really can't remember much. Yeah. In general. In general. Just just in, yeah. But that's like my tip for singing is that visualize where it's visualize coming where it's coming from. Imagine it's not coming from your throat, it's coming out of either the tip of your lips or even your nose. Yeah. Can help you stop losing it and be and country twang, that's what I remember. She was yeah. like there's like a twang that country artists do that helps that not only is it make makes them sound more country, but it actually just means that they're lifting their voice off their throat a little yeah, bit yeah. more. So they're less likely to lose it. I um, I do remember your voice changing a lot around that time. Like your confidence grew a lot and um, you were like holding high notes a lot longer and I don't know, I just feel like you you started like really nailing it. I think I started getting fitter too. Oh, yeah. I think I started – and when I got – and then I really feel like there was a a correlation between fitness and singing. Well, there had to have been for you because you were so active on stage That's right. Yeah, I was doing stuff on stage. That's true. So I needed to be – had to, but I've never done a Beyonce. Yeah, I've never sung on the treadmill. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never. Yeah, I don't. Definitely, I've never. Even at the height of my fitness, I don't think I've ever been. I don't think I could you know, ever do that in my life. Just like on the treadmill so singing. Hard. Yeah. Do you? But you were pretty good at like throwing your body around while singing. I felt like I just had to because I didn't have an instrument. Yeah. I really felt like it was just like I have to put in. Like I need to, I got to bring it because yeah. I don't have an instrument. And I felt like by not playing an instrument, there was, I lacked credibility. And I still do. I don't think I'll ever not feel insecure about not being able to play an instrument. Oh, but you're, you've got so many other talents. They're, well, <laughs> you're very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. Go ahead. <laughs> um, well, tell me about touring because you guys did so much crazy overseas touring yeah it was good and times. i know like i know it wasn't always good times because you really had to slug it out on like long uk tours and yeah there was i really you know now that i'm like back in australia and a parent and i and like running a shop i just reminisce it so much and really? I, it's like really i feel like a real like depresso saying this but there's so many. T- I think it's just like you just don't know what you've got sometimes until it's gone. Absolutely. Like I'm just sometimes be like, I just wish I could go back and do it all again. But sm- like with smart, what you know like now. With what I know now. Yeah. But also I think part of that is I finally sorted out, really started sorting out my anxiety in 2012. What steps did you take? Well, I started seeing a psychologist and went on Zoloft. Yeah. Actually went on another one first, Metazepan, which was really terrible. Yeah. Had a terrible reaction to it. So, so bad. Mm. So one of my panic attack symptoms was dizziness. Yeah. So when the drugs started kicking in for me, I started feeling really dizzy, which would just like be triggering. I'd be like, so, which was just like one of the things that I'd always associated with panic attacks yeah. since I was 10 years old. And um, 
And when I went back to the doctor, I was like this, you know, I'd like had, I'd only been on them for like two weeks or something. And I was like, I can't cope. Mm. This is bad. And he was like asking me about stuff and he was like, okay, we need to change your drug. And then I started saying, but the dizziness, I was so dizzy. I still, I'm still dizzy, but I was so dizzy for four days. And he was like, oh, that's the lead on effect of the drug because it actually, the like parts of your brain that it works on are the same parts of your brain that like uh, have to do with balance. Yeah, right. So when it was getting, when I was like leading into it, like as it was affect, like starting to work, it was making my balance go weird. Oh, that's Which was awful. making me be like, oh, what? Yeah, I remember panicking. there was like that equestrian horse. Like um, Cirque du Soleil did Equestriana oh, yeah. or whatever it yeah. was. And I remember trying to leave the house, holding on a wall. I felt like the lady out of Arrested Development. Oh, no. You know, like Liza Minnelli. Yeah. And she's always like, ah! You know, and she's like on the ground like, ah! Her legs and arms going like, she's having Shit. like, I'm having a dizzy attack, you know. And I remember trying to leave the house and I was like holding onto a wall and oh, saying man. to John, don't. Screw around tonight, okay, if you need to call an ambulance. Oh, my right? God. I think I'm dying. And he was like, you're fine. Come to the horse show. Yeah. You're going to be fine. I was like, just promise me that oh. you're not going to hesitate <laughs> calling an ambulance if I go down. And he's like, Jesus. I promise I won't. And I'm like, what happens if it's in the middle of the aisle? He's like, I'll take care I'll of it. I'll carry you. I'll carry yeah. you out. We'll be fine. Wow. Because I was, I was like – my anxiety got so much worse than even what it was. And then and it went on Zoloft and it was – and then it just like was great and it cleared yeah. up. But I had like major panics but the um, psychologist was just like, we can spend as long as you need doing it without drugs or yeah. we can do it with drugs and probably get it done much quicker. Yeah. Really just do some ground, yeah. really start going on some ground much quicker. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to have to trust this lady. Yeah. And so, yeah, I spent a year working it out with her, um, mental health plan, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So good Get, in Got Australia. a few extensions yeah. on that. And then, um, yeah, and it just sort of was – so it was actually – it was probably about a year and a half all up. And so my anxiety got tons better after that. And then weirdly, my anxiety got tons better after becoming a parent. I've heard that can happen. So weird. you have to focus on things that aren't yourself. Yeah, I think that's just – well it yeah well that is exactly what happened to me yeah and so i think it's like being the best that it's been in a really long time That's and so great. i always feel like i wish i could just go back now to those you know golden days of youth and just being with john and blah blah blah, blah and in the yeah. band and with alana and because we're still really tight with alana like alana came out a few weeks ago and she is just like when i hang out with alana it is like i'm hanging out with John. Yeah. It's that comfortable. It's like family. I just oh, it's total family. Mm. But family in like the best way. Like yeah. it's like I have n- I don't harbor any resentment or ill, well, no. you know, like and it's like me and my sister might bicker or I might be shitty at some mm. stuff, but it's like when when Alana and I hang out or when we when we hang out last time she was here, it's just like it is just joy. Like yeah. it's just well it's just cruisy. Yeah, because you've been through everything together yeah. and, and there wasn't any animosity at the end. It no. just happened because of circumstance. Yeah. So, well, it was just like know. things changed and yeah. we were changed and, and, um, and you know what nice, I think yeah. we did that was a really right thing that another psychologist at the time suggested we do 
he was like, don't contact her. Stop having anything to do with each other. You need to stop having anything to do. And we were like, like, okay, well, this is actually feels good. Like, I don't actually want to have anything to do with her. And can you like, you know, why is that so great? And he was like, because at the moment you're both still changing in like relation to one another. It's like the more you see somebody, the more in relation to them Mm. you're changing. So you don't get to, you know, it's you get to see them as they change. So, it, like, you get to see all the little changes. Yeah. Whereas if you just don't speak to them for a year and then you guys hang out again, mm. by the time you hang out, you're going to have a year's worth of changing, like, micro changes that you haven't seen Yeah. in the other person. So when you do meet them, it's almost like you're both actually going to have changed. You'll be different. Yeah, that you makes know? sense. And, it's, and, and at the time I was like, okay, so we didn't. We just didn't have anything to do with each other for... Over a year, like, she didn't come to our wedding. We didn't go to her wedding. Um, and, like, now I'm like, God, I wish I could have gone to her wedding. Her wedding was really fun. Right? Yeah. Oh, I wish I was there So for was that. yours, though. Yeah. I was like, oh, I wish you were at our wedding. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I love you. Like, I wish you were at our wedding. I know. You know? And But at the time, it was still too close in 2012. Yeah. It was like, nah. Well, there's also a certain amount of codependency when you play with someone in yeah. a band for so long and when you grow up together. And I think that was always the case with, with all three of you. Yeah. You know, you develop a codependency and yeah. then it's hard to n- not talk for a while. Yeah. And, but that's sort of the best thing. Yeah, it was really, it was really, it was hard and great. It was just yeah. really good. Well, it's good to get you to a good place. Yeah, totally. It totally, like, I feel like drove us to a spot where we were all just so much better. Yeah. And didn't, yeah, it was just like, and when we hung out, we were just really nice to each other. And it was yeah, really... Yeah, that's so nice. It was just like everyone was actively trying to be nice. I remember the first time it was like a little bit weird, but it was okay. And the next time it was just less. And then now it's been like so many years. It's just like I would just like I want to like I would love to play play with her again. Like I have a fantasy now that we do. I don't even know if there's any room for it, but where we could do like some sort of reunion show. I would love to see. It would that. be so well because you guys played at our, you know, our dear friend Dan Condon's yeah. birthday. Yeah, and the three of you were there and played a few songs, and it was so exciting. It was real fun because I think it's also because it's been so long, and I was thinking about this too, even with your last record. Um, you know that that energy and innocence that I was talking about before, I could see that in you guys when you played together at Dan's party. Yeah. And I could also feel it way more when you started working with Owen yeah. um, from Straight Arrows because he produced your last record. Yeah. And um, and I think he brought that like m- that sort of raw, yeah. that rawness out in you guys again. Yeah. Because um, for a while there you got so schmicko. Yeah, we got schmick. You got mega schmick. Yeah, even though now I don't know what to do. It was cool. It was no, just I really, really different. Like it. I liked it because I – well, the Schmicko, the Schmicko album was like – that's always – that's like especially um, – which is it? Which is the Secret Rituals? They've got the songs on it like that – well, Turn Me On and Sweet Dreams by far had yeah. the best traction of any songs that we've ever – outside of Trampoline. Yeah. Trampoline, Rock Boys, Science is Golden – Trampoline was like, big. was that the demo Tracking. that got crazy big? Yeah, that that was pretty fun. So that was just the demo that got played on Triple J, and then, and then I got we used in an ad. Up, got used in an ad for yeah, Just Jeans. I remember that, which was the best because yeah. I remember at the time that it only and like it only got played for a week. Did it? 
Yeah. I felt like I saw it a lot, but maybe I was just they watching just, heaps of I'm TV that sure week. It was just like <laughs> we were all watching TV that week. Well, actually, maybe not all of us, but I was like, when's it going to be on? You know, and it, it only got, we got $4,000 for it and we just didn't, and it was just like straight to us. And yeah. And it was just got played for a week and it was just like a 30 second ad and, and we just got to buy instruments. Like it was Perfect. like, great. We need we need some instruments and yeah. we need to do we want to do a merch run so we always did merch runs at the same time yeah that was like our one thing that we'd always tell other bands that would go on tour if they didn't have merch we're like just do some merch yeah you you know you'll be surprised at you know how much merch you'll sell for a twenty dollar t shirt somebody will buy it and yeah I even feel a little bit of that again when I like hang out like hanging out with Alana yeah it brings out a little bit of me that I don't feel like really comes out very often yeah well ever you know we're all like in our 30s yeah. now it's like times times are ticking times are ticking we got two little sure, babies i know <laughs> who would have thought that <laughs> oh my gosh tell me about juggling i know you probably get asked this a lot but tell me about juggling uh-huh. parenting um running a business and still like doing some music or still having a passion about music i just always say it's really sweet that people think we're juggling them (laughs) (laughs) because i just don't feel like there's any juggle there is no juggling it's just like it just doesn't get done things just don't get done like properly right um so we so we have four songs that we wrote a bunch of songs last year before fade was born and we've got we chose four of them that we think are good and we just need to write six more yeah (laughs) so it's just like yeah (laughs) and um so it's like we just it's like feast and famine like we spent all that we worked really hard on the band for a bit and then we stopped and then something happens at the shop so we have to work really hard on the shop and then but meanwhile I just mostly mother through that whole time and don't do anything except for look after soda because it's another weird thing too when you're like I can't get all my other friends can go back to jobs too and get like they might go back to work one or two days a week yeah some of them are totally full-time yeah and I don't envy that as well because that actually just seems insanely hard Mm. oh god it seems so hard to me people working full-time and having their kids in daycare full-time and then just having two days on the weekend. Like, I think they've got it worse than what I do. I think not working is easier than getting up in the morning. You've got to, like, get up, drop the kid at daycare, then go to your job, work your whole day at a job, get then drive to daycare, pick your kid up, take him home, and then it's like, then it's like, do you eat? I don't even know. Do they eat dinner then or is the kid in a daycare? I don't know. And then you've got to, you know, get ready for bed and then it's like bedtime and you're pooped and then you have to get up and go work like another full day at work. Like it seems really it's, intense to me. I guess it's me. all hard. But, it's, I, yeah. but your situation is that you're, um, you're a small business owner yeah. and you're all consumed and it's, it's your, your business, your life. Yeah. It's you so have to John, make all the decisions. I think John makes – like John has to do a lot of – that's how he sort of divided it, I guess. John does – most of the the shop stuff and I do just most of the home stuff but then I have to like just get involved when like it gets like just in certain things I get involved in it was I'm much more involved when I had soda as a baby like I still used to work with her in a carrier and stuff I've only really had to do that twice with fade because I can't do it with fade and soda at the same time yeah um and yeah it's like and then we just get to like 
we just we just play we just try to write music every night but it's only for 15 minutes yeah right that's you, just you it. do it every night we try doing it every night and like as as many nights a week as we can and like last night we didn't do it yeah too pooped just yeah. went straight to sleep actually i i fell asleep while <laughs> i was putting soda to sleep Oh, I fell asleep then, and then I like, but then I got woken up because then our other baby woke up, and then oh I was like, "Man, oh God, I've been asleep." And oh. then I came out, and John was like, "Well, I'm just gonna go to bed now too." Yeah. And then I went and put her to sleep and went back to sleep. So that was it. I just fell asleep at seven o'clock, and um, so we didn't do it last night, but we try doing it every night, and we just have we just get scraps, we get scraps of songs, and then we try a little bit later and see if we can turn them into real songs. That's great. And that then you do that. John tries downstairs to write music to it that i don't hate yeah because <laughs> i'm not involved in the process at all and it tries to come up with an arrangement that i don't hate also <laughs> and that's how that's how we do songwriting now but at the moment apart from doing trying to do it like it is just 15 minutes every night with that like acoustic guitar that's heaps um, that's more than i do yeah but i don't know what i don't we have a lot of trouble like sometimes I just feel like we can't finish songs properly. Like yeah. we just get to a point that we're just like, what do we do now? Yeah, How do we but finish that's it? like every songwriter. Yeah, has so that. it's just like yeah, it's so hard finishing them. I find it really interesting that you do that because I've always thought, you know, when when we first became friends and you mm. guys got signed to Due Process and you you started touring a lot and um getting bigger audiences, you guys all saw that you were so. You all saw that as a a full time job, mm. and you would act like you we used know, to go to work. You used to go to work. We used to Nick Cave it. You used to go to work like nine to five or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um, you. I think you were the first band I knew that did that, and I used to think you were crazy yeah. for doing it. It was kind of crazy. It was a little bit crazy because we or maybe if we hadn't have gone did it nine to five maybe we'd have less arguments <laughs> <laughs> like but it, i mean it worked you guys got really good at playing live you got really got like at it. great yeah. at writing songs you guys would write like shit loads of songs and then pick the best 10 or 12 i remember actually that yeah no it's true we we, we were so into going to work nine to five but it, was it real sounds funny. like you guys still have that like slight mentality like a if little we do bit, a little bit, a bit each day we'll just do a little bit each day yeah and 50 days later something might be there (laughs) two months later that's better not even two months because i'd always be like maybe in 50 days and then john might be like sooner it'll be sooner and i was like cool we'll see we'll see yeah but i have to do like i don't get to do the same i don't it's so weird like inspiration for songs like i used to do a lot of walking and get inspiration for songs but now i don't I think it was like like the beat of like walking, like yeah. sometimes would start oh, yeah. like a song tune in my head. Um, yeah. And, but I don't really, I, yeah, I just, we just have to sit on the couch now and yeah. do it at night time. Um, That's good. If we get a baby monitor, we might be able to go under the house. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll get you one for your birthday. I'm just like the shittest, like I'm not the shittest, but I'm such a, like, I'm always that mum that never has... I just never have anything. Like, mums have everything. Yeah. Like, when I take Soda to her dance class, they got stuff. Yeah, right. I never have anything. <laughs> I, like, don't have a pram. I never have baby wipes. I don't have a baby monitor. <laughs> like, 
I just don't have kid stuff a lot of it like I don't we've fine like we got like a, a thing where she can't go around the side of the veranda and kill herself down the stairs yeah. but there's just like so many things that I just don't have as a parent well it doesn't seem like you need them yeah I sort of just I think we're doing it the hard way yeah but I'm also there's just like, reason why this there exist. is I'm doing it the hard way but I'm <laughs> also just like I have this thing inside me that's like uh, I'm gonna have to go buy it <laughs> Like, I just yeah. don't like spending money. Yeah. I think this is weird thing <laughs> since becoming a shop owner. Since becoming an owner of a shop, I just – spending money is I'm just like, forget it. Mm. Like, I'm like, we just got to pay, like, people wages yeah. all the time. A lot of your life revolves around you know, money. Just like, just, just, like, pushing money out that I'm yeah. like, ugh. It's so boring. I'm like, it's so much more fun to just – not spend any money today like i didn't <laughs> use my bank card and i'm like <laughs> i get excited those days too yeah that's a weird thing like i never thought that i'd i don't know i've just ever thought about it like that before and now i do but yeah sometimes i can go like a week without and spending it's, any it's money badass. and you're just like maybe not a week five days yeah but you'll be like that's it i went to work all week yeah. and i took my own food and i did and it i, and I rode I was my like, bike there so i didn't spend any money that on is so transport. great so great yeah, it's admir it's admirable, <laughs> not you know not often, because you got to live. You do got to live. <laughs> um, I know that you like you probably talked about this to death too, but I know it's a, like part of your your image and everything was always you talked about your birthmark and you talked about how um, it helped you weed out idiots because. Yeah. You know, people would only be mean to you about your birthmarks if they were awful. And That's right. So you got to like figure out that what it what I call it the the uh, the the asshole filter or something. Yeah, it's an asshole filter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I like that. Yeah. I remember this one time when a well-known musician who we won't name um, was really drunk at a festival, and they were like, "Oh my god, patience." It looks like you've burnt half your body. Yeah. Has got a sunburn, <laughs> yeah. and the other half—it's so weird. You didn't get burnt on the other half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were like, "No, mate, it's a birthmark." He was like, "What?" This is like so, so awkward and embarrassing. And I, it's one of my favorite patience moments of yeah. all time. It's still—I mean, it happened to me so much as a kid. Really? They were like, "You yeah, what?" You're like, "It was just like weirdest things." People always be like, "She been picking mulberries." She been picking mulberries, like, and I'd be like, "No, it's my birthmark." Like, I didn't just pick mulberries with my one hand. <laughs> mulberries was a kid thing. Yeah, I don't know where did like, they go. I haven't seen I'm a mulberry sure. in twenty years. <laughs> yeah, it's like since like <laughs> since I got higher than the fence. So I can't. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen a mulberry. Where are they? People always be like, it was like mulberry stains. Or have you been? Have you been <laughs> painting? I'm mean, like, nah. And then you know, like, or sunburn. Yeah. Especially if I was in togs, they'd be oh, like, yeah. "Oh, you're burnt." <laughs> Be like, no, <laughs> not sunburn. I just love how embarrassed but, you know, that guy I was know. afterwards. So, yeah, because that's really... Mate, half your body, it's sunburned. sunburned. The other half, not at all. <laughs> Weird. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. I birth, birth burnt. Yeah. You could birth. say it's my birth burn. <laughs> my burn mark from birth. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, I want to ask you my very last question which is a question I ask everyone. Um, what is your strangest show experience or just the strangest thing that's happened to you because you're a muso? Well, so my answer to this, this one is the one that involves poop. Yes. So my strangest show that we ever played 
was we were in Calgary in um, Canada and there was like the biggest snowstorm. Yeah. It was so much snow and we had to get from the hotel with our amps and all of our gear to <laughs> to the, you know, to the to the show. It's called City Limits, I think it was called. City Edge, City City Limits. And um, so we're at the hotel and we were having all these problems getting these taxis. These taxis were – like the taxi drivers were being real jerks to us. Yeah. We're like, well, we have to get – this is what we do. We get to cities. We get taxis with our gear to the venue. That's how we roll. Like we're only here for one night. We're not going to hire a car for one night. Like we can just get a ca- like a cab. It's cheaper. And then like the va- like the valet or whatever, like the manager dude of the hotel had to come out and he was like abusing people and being like, you're taking them in your car. So, he, But then he ended up being like, okay, I'm going to take – I'll take somebody with, with like this – with the cab that wasn't that big. It would fit in the boot and John. And so John – me and Alana went in one car with the taxi driver mm. and John went in another car but with like two guitars and the amp on wheels – with the dude from the hotel. Yeah. So we get dropped off there and we're dropped off there. But the the guy from the hotel doesn't drop John off at the hotel. Like, sorry, at the venue. John just gets dropped <laughs> off at the venue, like, blocks away in a city he's never been before during a <laughs> snowstorm. And I remember it was freezing. It was so cold. Oh, no. And, and he was just like, where am I? Like... <laughs> The guy's like, it's just down there. This is where I'm going to drop you off. It's literally just down there. And then he's like, okay, like just down there. And he's like, yeah. So then John just starts walking the streets. But, but it, he, he gets, has all the gear? He's got all the gear. So he has to go to like street. He has to push the button on the street, you know, and like move the guitars over. Wait till he gets a walk sign again and then <laughs> run over quickly and move the amp and then pile it up and then go down the street. <laughs> so we're waiting at the front and finally John arrives at this city limits place or whatever. Like, and we're like, okay, cool. That's great. We go upstairs. It's just like... Stage in the corner of the room, rad, it's got a good vibe. He's coped now. He's, you know, whatever. There's food there. We get a meal each. I order a chicken salad. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling great about it. <laughs> We're there tons of hours early. There's like a few bands in the lineup. It's starting to shape up like it's going to be a good night. Yeah. I've eaten my chicken salad. Good vibe. Good crowd. And you know how they say food poisoning normally takes about two hours to kick in? <laughs> I think it really took about two hours to kick in at its full peak. But I started feeling it at one hour. <laughs> and when, when I realised what was happening, I felt proud. Like I thought, you have a good metabolism, patience. <laughs> you're getting it early because your metabolism is just Hopefully firing. Hopefully getting it out early. I'm just I, – I am <laughs> that good at burning calories. <laughs> I've already started working on it. Like that's yeah. what I thought. And I, But I didn't know really what had started happening. And I knew we had to play the show, but I was in the bathroom like <laughs> – Oh, yeah. no. But I wasn't properly vomiting at that stage. But I was like, oh, I feel bad. Yeah. I have the shakes. Oh, no. I feel nauseous. I feel like I should be vomiting. I feel really bad. And this is not right. And how long until showtime? Showtime. I don't remember. It was close to showtime. Oh. And I remember. So then my weirdest show was I get on stage. It's showtime then. And I'm like, I'm properly sick now. Oh, no. It's the smallest place. It's. Calgary, smallest place ever. And that's when I just had us having saliva in my mouth the whole oh, time. Oh, that's the worst. And the audience was right there. Like they were just like, it was such a good night. Like we got billed on the best band night. Yeah. And there, it was packed. And I remember the audience was really up close. 
And I, it was a really small, and I just did not know where I could go to fart. <laughs> and my farts were so outrageously stinky. And then I, st- and I had burps and I was just like burping. I was like, like, like burping. And I remember at one stage I ended up burping and I was near John and he was playing guitar and he like looked at me and I was like, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Like with my eyes, I was like, I am so sorry. Because I too can smell my own burps and my burps smell like my ass. Like they smell like shit. Like they smell like turds. That's what I remember thinking was that I was just like, I can't believe how bad my burps are smelling. And my farts. Oh, no. I'm so stinky. And you're and still I, jumping up and, and down. And I'm just trying to give it my all. And, but the crowd was right there. And I just really felt like everyone was being really nice to me because <laughs> I was doing stinky things on stage. <laughs> that is. They were so stinky. <laughs> it was so smelly. But you didn't have to spew or anything? I didn't have to spew on stage. But oh, I was just like, so I'm lucky. losing. It, it, was, it was like the stage like clamped it in. Yeah. And then we got off the stage and they were packing up and I went to the toilet and I was sick in the toilet and I was yeah. like, I've got to get out of here. Yeah. And I remember somebody was there that night because there's no way we would have left Alana with all the gear without help. But she somehow got help and then John walked me home. And then when I was out in the freezing cold, I remember feeling remotely fine. Like I was oh, like, good. I think it was so cold. I was, I'd perked up again where I was like, Oh, and the relief that the show was over and I didn't yeah. vomit on stage. I was like feeling great. And then pretty much as soon as I got into the hotel, that was it. Sick ensued and I fell asleep next to the toilet. Yeah. And I had food poisoning for the first time. The next night we played Toronto and I was all G. I had a soup that night before the show <laughs> from like a place. It was all good because my metabolism <laughs> just got it out. Went, Poo! It was just like done. Got it out. And I did not have any of this. You need to be hospitalized for your food poisoning business. It was Man, I had food poisoning on stage once and I had to run off stage and vomit in a plastic oh, bag. Oh, that's so bad. It was bad. That's real bad. Um, but yeah. But I feel like that was like the weirdest stage experience I had. I hadn't, it was really hard for me. There was nothing super. I just can't think of anything super duper weird. That's like there pretty, was, that's a pretty good story. There was weird things <laughs> like I remember one time we got to go to the other weird thing was like there was a MySpace phone that was released years ago. Oh yeah, like a phone that was like really like synced up with MySpace. Yeah, and it had its own name and it was getting a massive push in America. And we went and we were in LA and we got interviewed by Danny Masterson. Oh, really? That actor? Yeah. That actor? Actor. From that 70s show who's now been ousted. Like, Has he? Yeah, I think he's off, he's been kicked off the Netflix show, The oh, Ranch. Oh, no. Because of rape. What? Yeah. Fuck. So, like, rape stuff. Yeah, oh. so he's so... Anyways, but he um, he interviewed us and he was like, do you guys want tickets? Like, come along. Come along to the show. And we were like, yeah, but we knew as a Scientologist. Yeah, right. And we knew this was like a Scientologist's... So I, I don't know. We were like getting Scientology vibes. And we went home. We started Googling and we're like, this phone has been backed by this high Scientologist guy. Whoa. Like, So all these Scientology vibes started happening. Like like, like we could just see it on Google. Like who's – he's the director of this company but he's also the manager of like Juliette Lewis who's a Scientologist. Right. and But like it was all Jason together. Yeah, it was all sort Giovanni of – Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, that was it. We were like, Giovanni Ribisi. <laughs> like he's his manager as well, Juliette Lewis and Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. We're like, it's all Scientology. And we're like, but we're going. <laughs> and we went and there was hardly anybody there and Beck played. Weird. Because he's a Scientologist yeah. too. 
and and we we it was the best night but also I don't know it's just kind of and I got to stand next to Beck's wife that Giovanni Ribas's sister, sister the redheaded sister who was in that one movie <laughs> and um that That's was pretty weird that was pretty that was like that was a sick weird night where I was like LA, LA. So I like that I don't use the word sick to describe how good it was when I, my previous story <laughs> was actually about sickness and don't think I used the word once. Um, it was uh, it was super cool and but really weird and just because we didn't know how many Scientologists were there. Yeah. We were all sort of scared that we were going to get converted somehow. Yeah, yeah, I would have been and too. Of course nothing yeah. happened. It was <laughs> not rich know, enough. Whatever. Yeah, it was – I want to say like it was a Milophone or whatever. I can't remember but – that's yeah, pretty weird. That too. was that was a cool. Oh, I remember standing next to like Beck's wife, being like, <gasps> "Like this is the craziest." <laughs> Just act cool, because she was in a movie that I really loved. Well, she was in like one film that one awesome in the, film, like two thousand. Yeah, that was it in the two thousand early two thousand. I have no idea what it's called, but I loved it. it. Was like an art house film. Yeah. And she was shooting – she had a spud gun in it. That's all I oh, remember. I don't, and it was I don't like know if I saw it. Good narrative. Like, Yeah, right. She like narrates it. Did you talk to her? No. <laughs> I didn't talk to you. <laughs> I didn't talk to <laughs> Beck's wife. <laughs> I didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. I, I only talk to people that I don't like. I'm that person at a festival where you're like – uh, I want to go talk to that person in a band, and I and I and if I don't like their band, I'm like, sure, I'm in. Yeah, I'll but do if it. It's someone you like, if you're it's like, somebody no you like, I'm like, no, I'm not talking to them. Yeah, someone once asked me if I could drive Steve Melkmus somewhere, <gasps> and I was like, there's no way in hell that I will do that because yep. I might perish. <laughs> yeah, this, that don't put that responsibility on me. <laughs> I will not take that. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, I'm not breaking the present. Yeah, no. Anyway, thank you so much for doing this. It was so fun to talk. I'm really glad that we finally got to do it.